Hi, everybody. My name is Jared Milrad. I'm the founder of Movie Karma. We are a nonprofit organization based here in Los Angeles, focused on inclusion, equity, representation, and social impact in Hollywood. Uh, this is our podcast called Rewriting Hollywood, where we interview folks around the world who are having impact through the power of storytelling. I have some really special guests you may have heard of today. We're missing one one of the fabulous five. Uh, we got Fab Four. Hi, everybody. Thanks for jumping on. Thanks for having us. Thanks for being on. Um, so as I'm sure many of you listeners know, uh, these amazing folks are on Queer Eye. We're now in season six, which is amazing. I feel like it's gone pretty quick. I wanted to start um, with some some lighter some lighter questions. Um, first of all, I find joy, my husband and I found joy watching your each, each season of your show. I know a lot of our listeners do as well. Tell us a little bit. Maybe I'll go to you, Tan. Um, what do you? What have? What has given you joy during the pandemic to to sort of lighten things up during these couple of years? That's a nice question. Um, you know, this is going to sound, but I actually do mean it. Um, my husband, like obviously, I, because of COVID, I've spent so much time at home, more time than you'd ever expect to be at home. Uh, it, it, so I've really. Uh, I always had a beautiful relationship with my husband, but it's gotten better and better. Um, and he makes me happy. <coughs> I, I, I was thinking, what about, what about us? Oh. Yeah, but I, I was going to say the same thing. My husband and I have been together for so long and through oh, a huge chunk of our relationship, we both traveled a lot. Yeah. So sometimes you think, do we work because we don't see each other that yeah. often? But the last two years, all we've done is see each other. I know for good. me, like having the opportunity to be the surrogate for Tan's mm -hmm. baby, yeah, and just like carry Tan's baby to term, and and you were so patient, yeah. so patient. incredible, and like and just like so stunned. You and should have seen the labor. So, yeah, such a good job. Yeah, yeah, the act of the scientific feat too of that is really incredible. Yeah. First, in my yeah. first surrogacy, I um had to do a c-section and i really wanted to do a natural birth ah. so this time i did a v-back which is a vaginal birth yeah yeah okay and I, next question I, well, I learned about, yeah i learned about that really story on tlc because i used to watch it all the time when i was a teenager so that's why i always like to talk about v-backs because i learned about it from that episode and, <laughs> yeah. um, and then you had one come yeah. full circle it's true i didn't really <laughs> no no we're, we're all about inclusion here so this is this is really great it's really inspiring the whole day and my brain stopped working now I, it's officially yeah. I'm so sorry, but I love you. <laughs> no, it's totally fine, Jeff. No, we, we have plenty of questions for you too. Um, no, that that was nice. Um, thank you, thank you, Tan, for the for the rational. Answer. No, um, I we, I also want to ask about a couple of the episodes because you have some really cool ones this season. Um, I've been I'm I'm the vegan animal activist, weird gay kid growing up, and so seeing the episode with um with with jamie and in, in snow white essential texas i think it's episode seven um where you go to work with someone who's an animal rescue person who's just been selfless and giving their whole their whole life to not only animals but also special needs kids bobby i saw you were particularly really moved and anthony too um in that episode just tell us a little bit about what that meant to work with her because i feel like she was such a selfless person who wasn't obviously really caring you know doing great self-care for herself it was, you know, so many of our heroes are do so much for the community, but to help somebody that does so much for the helpless animals that have no control over their own little destiny, to be able to help a woman who goes in there and does the absolute most, not just for, for animals and for special need animals, but for special need children who also don't always have control of their own destiny. It really meant a lot because she is just such an amazing person who a lot of times we have pushback because people just don't want to change. We had a little pushback from her because she just didn't want to think about herself. Yeah. 
She was one of the most selfless heroes we've ever had. So I, the moment I saw those animals, I know that Anthony and I both yeah. I know, started bawling. I, I'm surprised actually the amount of crime that didn't make it into the episode. <laughs> yeah. I would argue that I, I don't even think she was reticent for help. I certainly got the, as soon as we arrived on the farm, because our heroes are, people ask this all the time, but our heroes are genuinely shocked when we show up. Yes. Because what we, what production tells them is that they're just shooting B-roll. Don't tell them the, don't tell them the secret in case someone else sees that. Oh, that's true. But anyway, the point is they're genuinely shocked when we arrive. Like they don't expect us to actually yeah. come. And you could mm -hmm. just, I saw her shoulders just drop and she just started crying with like a sense of relief that we had arrived. And I think part of the reason why I was touched other than every single story of every single animal and the human interactions that they have with those animals, um, it started from a very personal place with her. She had, you know, she has a child who has very special needs and she learned about the important relationship that, that humans can have with animals in terms of, as a form of therapy. And then she decided to use something that was so personal and so true to her story and started sharing it with other people. And that for me, like I'll never stop crying when I see an example of that. Yeah, that was really powerful. And I'd love to Anthony see that you were incorporating plant-based cooking, kind of asked her, you know, where she's at. Cause I know that's something that she said she felt a little bit, you know, because there's, there's pressure, right? Are, are you fully vegan? Where are you at in that journey? And that was cool that you asked her, you know, kind of what she's comfortable I, with. I, I try not to lead with that. I never want to come in with the insinuation or the assumption that I'm going to be going like plant-based, for example, at a place like Safe in Austin. But in Jamie's own family and with everybody who works with her, there are a lot of people who are like very severely plant-based and other people who eat meat. And it's hard for her to tackle that while being a mom, while being a caretaker and tending to everybody's needs. So um, I just try to keep the questions as open-ended as possible. And as soon as I see an opportunity, I just jump on it. Yeah, I love that. That was, that was, that was really, really cool. Um, it was really good cauliflower steak. I was gonna say that looked bomb. You know, it's it's not always the most pertinacious fresh vegans, but it's but it looked delicious, and I'm, I would have been there and ate it totally. And totally I have to give credit to Gordon Ramsay's masterclass because he did a different version of that that I watched mm -hmm. like a year prior. Um, so I was inspired by that recipe. Yeah, no, sign me up for that. Um, vegans, I'm sure, were jumping out of their chairs watching that episode. Um, I wanted to ask you about a night to remember, Jonathan. Getting getting to you. Um, this is an episode with Navarro High School. Uh, you know, a lot of the things we work on on a nonprofit here at our podcast, Rewriting Hollywood 2, is all about inclusion and equity. And this is such a powerful episode on those topics because you're working with kids who are mostly of Latino, Latina backgrounds, underserved, lower income, um, on the free lunch program. Uh, and this is the prom committee that was planning this night to remember, but um, didn't have really a lot of resources. And, and Jonathan and I saw you were kind of, you know, running around the room doing doing, you know, double duty as, as a stylist and giving advice and just talk about, I wonder what the impacts of that episode was, was for you, Jonathan, particularly, because um, it seemed like a lot of those kids were really, you know, just really excited to be there and have this opportunity and have these really difficult life circumstances too. Well, I thought it was just incredible the way that Navarro High School offered like all of these like dual programs where yeah. like, it was like your high school diploma, but then you could become like yeah. an electrician or you could do to cosmetology school. And I mean, after spending that day, I was like, oh my gosh, I really miss cosmetology school. It's kind of fun. I forgot about it. Just like so many mannequins, so much personality. It was just really so much fun. And um, getting to meet every single one of those people um, on that episode, they were all just such amazing people. And I really meant to when I was like, oh my God, maybe America will be okay after all, because just such bright, shiny, gorgeous minds. And I just, it was just so much fun um, to get to have that opportunity. 
And I will say that I missed those three months when the CDC said that we could be vaccinated and unmasked inside. Oh, yeah. that was when we yeah. shot. And yeah. I just, that was like really like when we thought that you could just like, you know, like be inside and not have your masks on for those three months. That was, that was like fun. We era. missed the old days. It was nice. Yeah, the, the window. Yeah, yeah the, the, the brief moment we could breathe. Um, Tan, I wanted to get to you on um, the uh, you're just this this broader theme of how divided our country is. You speak you spend this season in Austin, Texas. Um, you know it's sort of known as this liberal bastion. Uh, my background is working. You know, I worked for President Obama. I've been in politics for much of my life, so I've seen these divides up close. And I was curious, Tan, for you especially, you know, coming to this, this country, doing this show, like what was your impression of? how in my sense i feel like we were watching the season we're more united than we give ourselves credit for we have more in common than than that which divides us what are your thoughts on that yeah i i see this season actually not just this season i see our show as being uh, a, a show of hope um i um i represent many things personally that one would consider uh, marginalized and people who are marginalized or communities who are marginalized and so uh, I think I can speak to this uh, better than most when I say, uh, yes, there are a lot of problems that we have in our country, but not just in our country, globally, uh, with how people are treated. I think that we highlight on our show just how much hope and love and support there is for each other. Um, so often in the media, we see uh, the, the most aggressive of people on either end uh, voicing their opinions. It's not really often that we see what, in, again, in my opinion, the majority of the world uh, feels and, and how they view each other. And I think there are many more people in the world who uh, believe that that we are more in common than we, we might think. And I would like to believe that if we offer nothing else to the world, it's hope. Hmm. Yeah, you, you really do. And that's actually, maybe each of you want to comment on this quickly, wondering, like, if you've gotten a piece of advice that has given you hope from one of the heroes this season or in another season that has stuck with you, something they've said to you. Uh, I, I'll, I'll say it's not necessarily advice. It's just mm. watching the way people treat other people. For, and there's been many, so I'm not singling out any people as not doing this, but the people that, that come to mind are the likes of Mama Tammy, uh, Yoko-san from our special Japanese season, Jerrica, um, Jamie. Like There have been so many people that the way they live their lives have inspired me so greatly. Miss T. Yeah, Tara. Yeah. Mm, yeah, beautiful. Absolutely. Um, uh, on the point of just you can you touched on this marginalized folks in the last couple of minutes we have here. Um, there's a beautiful episode this season with with Angel. Um, Angel gets her wings. Episode two. Angel Flores is an Olympic weightlifting coach. Folks should watch the episode if you haven't. Um, I'm curious how that episode impacted you. Obviously, I feel like this is a person who was really discovering themselves, really coming into their own, and you really helped that journey along so beautifully, but also someone who is, you know, kind of looked marginalized in society in many ways. Um, what are the impacts of working with folks like that who, you know, are, are would otherwise not feel seen, not feel heard? One of the physical impacts of her episode is that I got a new trainer. She's my trainer now, and I get to see her. <laughs> oh, it's better. <laughs> We've been seeing each other five days a week for the last like three months, and she's just like such an incredible person and such a just strength of a person inside Literally. and out. And I just love her so much, and I'm so proud of her and and her journey. And I think that she has 
such a mission to share with the world. And I just think she's amazing. Bobby, what do you think? One of the things that's phenomenal is like on my way to New York, I got picked up in the morning from my house in LA and the driver was a, an elderly guy, I would say probably in his seventies. And I get in the car and he looks at me and he's like, oh my God, hi, um, I just have to tell you that my daughter is 27 and she just came out as trans. And watching this season has helped us understand our daughter in a way that we would never have been able to. So to be able to have that effect and to help families come together when it might've taken them a bit longer to come around is to me, one of the most important jobs I've ever had in my life. And I, I feel honored to be able to help tell these people's stories and help the world have more understanding and thus with understanding more acceptance. Mm. Yeah, beautifully said. Uh, we need more of it for sure. My last question is really on that note, Bobby, thinking back about your younger selves, something we like to ask all of our guests, which is if you could go back to when you were younger and tell yourself one thing um, that maybe you realize now that you didn't know then, wondering what that, what that, what that would be. I mean, it would be to, to love yourself. I, you know, I think we all struggle with that as children, you know, being gay or fluid or non-binary and not being like everybody else and feeling inadequate because of that. It's just be yourself, love yourself, you know, going as queer children, we often think it's the worst times of our life and it possibly is, but you know what, your adult time, that's when we thrive. You know, we might have rough childhoods as queer kids in school, but we're the coolest when we get to be adults. Oh yeah. And also I think it's like, you know, don't do meth. Don't, <laughs> don't do meth. Don't yeah, do for the most part. Yes. Don't do cocaine, um, mushrooms, marijuana. We can talk about that when you're a little older, but definitely no uppers. Stay away from meth. That's what I really wish I would. And not even one. Don't even yeah. try it once. Is what don't I try would for myself okay. when I was. That's good advice for me. I think, I think it's really serious. No, I'm actually. I'm yeah. not, I'm not so not no to all drugs, just like most. You know, just most, just meth, especially. Okay. And yeah. well, there's others for me personally, well, but mostly that. And educate yourself on the consequences. It's really so important. And yeah. past mm -hmm. care, okay? Because not a very full-bodied educational program, if you ask me. Mine's okay. a little different as much oh. as I agree with what you're saying. <laughs> a lot of my teens in my 20s, I was trying to control things that I just had no control over. And I was being hard on myself about things I had no control over, like my sexuality, for example. And I wish I would have just told myself it was advice that was given to me by a mentor a few years ago. And I wish I heard this even as a kid was just to be gentle with myself. What would you say to your younger self, Danny? I think I would say to myself that I get to be happy and uh, and that is okay. And I feel it should feel no shame in being happy. That's if everybody funny. else in my community gets to be, why can't I? Danny, that almost made me cry. That felt That's so true. That. that compared to, no, to the no method, it was i mean that was yeah. it was a good contrast yeah yeah thank thank you all of you um good good advice uh even even from jonathan thank you thank you all of you we're currently for the, for the <laughs> listeners not who can't see i guess tan's ears are getting massaged right now by gbn so that's i always that's um, good. From Jonathan's massages. thank you yeah. a good way to close i get our guests today um minus, sadly minus karama but otherwise tan anthony jonathan bobby from queer eye season six you should all check it out it's a really great season and, and just on a personal thank you for all what you're doing um you're having an impact in so many yes 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 sick 
Like, he oh, Kurzweil. Oh, he just he decided he didn't want to come. Okay. Yes. Okay. We are still okay. the Fab Five. Yes. You're still the Fab Five. Okay. So I wanted to say Fab Four. Like, you know, okay. We don't feel good these days. Yeah. You know, it's like not responsible. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We'll forgive him. He'll, we'll just do a solo with Carlo next time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you all. Thanks again. Bye. Thank Bye. you. Bye.